Welcome to Kundalini Yoga and Meditation Confessions, the daily podcast where I share my experiences with the technology. My name is Ananda Savitri Carr, and I'm a Kundalini Yoga and Meditation teacher in Dallas, Texas. So, the yogic concept of finding comfort in the discomfort. Most yogis know about this because you get in a yoga class, you strike a pose, it might be comfortable at first, but it won't be comfortable for long. Eventually you're going to you're going to find your edge. You're going to start to feel a little bit of stretch. Maybe it turns into a burning sensation, but at some point you're going to find, "Oh, this is uncomfortable." And you've got three choices, right? You can totally deny it and just muscle through it, deny, deny, deny. You can swing the other direction and just be a total sadist and love the pain. Or you can be in the middle and just accept it and be a rose among thorns. I love that analogy, the rose among thorns. You can't have the roses without the thorns. The two go together, the beauty and the pain, right? And with the kundalini yoga, that comes up a lot. Not just in the poses and the breath and the meditation, but in the intellectual experience of the yoga. Because there's, of course, the Hindu influence and the Sikh influence. And for better or for worse, the internet picks those up first. If you research any of the mantras, you're going to get kundalini yoga sources first. It's going to take a lot of digging and research and perhaps connections to get the root information from Hinduism or Sikhism. And that's super frustrating. And so often I just want to throw it all away and just think, oh, Yogi Bhajan messed us all up for all of us. It's not worth it. But I have abandoned it before, and I know the pain of not having kundalini yoga in my life. I remember what my life was like before I found the technology and before I was practicing it regularly. Like the first time I practiced it, was so miserable and I didn't practice again for I think it was about a year. I did one workshop not knowing what to expect. I just thought it was going to be like a full moon workshop, whatever. But it was like way hardcore and I was sore for days afterwards and it was just not at all what I expected. <laughs> and I was kind of upset. Um but that day was the beginning of everything changing for the better, for sure. Like that next year, I really, I experimented in my life and I really like lived things to the fullest where I was and where I was, was not really in a very good place, but I took advantage of all of it. And really like I was sifting and sorting. Um, Abraham Hicks talks about that a little bit that like you should live your experience and, you know, figure out what you like and what you don't like. And to figure out what you like and don't like, you have to experience things. So, whereas before I was kind of keeping to myself, once I had this one workshop experience, I put myself out there. I said yes to everything, you know, trying it all, seeing what I like and starting to say no to what I don't like. And yeah, it was about a year until I practiced again. But in the time of that year, I started making choices that I wouldn't have made before and it's just undeniable that influence but the biggest thing that I noticed was that I started doing things that were uncomfortable but would have a long-term benefit for me I had already been practicing yoga for a while 
but I'd sort of pushed it to its limit. Like it wasn't a spiritual yoga. It was purely a physical practice geared specifically towards healing specific problems that I had. And, you know, I'd done the hot yoga and I was naturally pretty good at it. So I was pretty bored there, but the Kundalini yoga was different. So when I discovered Guru Jagat and Rama TV, it was like, okay, I can do this and I can take it with me anywhere in the world. Fantastic. And I was comfortable with that for a while and I kept it up. But then the discomfort came first when the allegations came out about Yogi Bhajan. But I had already sort of seen that hinted at in my teacher training. So I just sort of brushed it aside like, whatever. I know the tech works. I'm going to keep up with it. But then when Guru Jagat died, I couldn't, I couldn't just push it aside anymore. This was my, my first real teacher that I connected with. And the way I saw it, I mean, I'm, I love Abraham Hicks. I don't think Abraham Hicks holds the whole truth, but it holds some truth. And Abraham Hicks teaches that you die when you're so full of resistance, you're not allowing anything anymore. And the way I saw Guru Jagat's death was she couldn't hold three truths at once. The three truths of the technology works, survivors were abused by Yogi Bhajan, and Yogi Bhajan was abusive and manipulative. Those three truths are hard to hold together all at once. Because if the tech works, then obviously Yogi Bhajan's a great guy. But if there are survivors who are abused by Yogi Bhajan, then Yogi Bhajan is also an abusive manipulator. And that's some really extreme duality to hold for one person. That he can bring this incredible, miraculous technology that affects us in so many amazing ways at the same time as he is an abuser and a manipulator, and a liar, and a thief. Like all of these bad things. He abandoned his wife and family. You know, like that is just, ugh, really hard to hold with the truth of the technology works and is wonderful, and survivors survived abuse by Yogi Bhajan. So it's, it's really hard to hold those three together, and when I, when I first encountered that, it was hard to keep up the practice. And for a time, I did stop. And the steep decline in my well-being was just hard to ignore. Hard to ignore. And I, I, I couldn't stay away from it for very long. Um, I think it was just a matter of days. But it was long enough to recognize, like, I need this. I need this. I can't, I can't do without it. Can't do without it. So, yeah, finding comfort in the discomfort. It's a lifelong practice. You get to a certain point with kundalini yoga that it has to become intellectual. You can't just stay in the shallow waters of it for very long. If you want to be healthy, I mean, I, I guess you could stay in the shallow waters of it and be fine. But I don't know anyone who has. Like, I, I have a friend who I cherish so much, but she reached the point in her training and her experience with the yoga that she couldn't hold all the truths together and she had to leave it. And then I know people who, who have fallen into the trap of 
abusing the power and manipulating it when it comes to them. That is that is one of the legacies that Yogi Bhajan leaves. He leaves a legacy of well-being, but he also leaves a legacy of abuse and manipulation. And there are teachers who continue that legacy because I guess they don't see it. Um, they're incapable of seeing it in themselves. I'm, I'm not sure the why there. I haven't, I haven't been really close to that because I've, I've avoided it when I've seen it. For example, when I saw that same pattern of behavior in Guru Jagat, I separated myself from her physically. Didn't go to her in-person classes anymore. I kept it online and I kept my mind right about it, about who she was. And that was before she died. That was before she denied the survivor's experience. It was like I had already sort of prepared myself mentally for it, but it was her death that really hit it home that you've got to accept all these truths. Unless you want to become like him, you got to accept all of them. And that's really uncomfortable to be in that position where you love the work he did, but you also see the evil that he did and you hate that evil. And you believe the survivors, but you keep practicing the technology. It's a lot to hold together at once. But, oh, when you do, the fragrance of the roses is so worth it. So I guess that's what I'm getting at here. I mean, I'm wanting to encourage you. If you're struggling with holding these truths together about the goodness of the technology, the truth of the survivors, and the duality of Yogi Bhajan, keep, keep wrestling with that. You know, there's a story in the Old Testament of, of an angel wrestling with Jacob. And wrestling is not easy. But there is a reward. You find your strength. And it's better to wrestle with these, com- with these concepts than to just deny them. Or decide that we already know what the truth is. It's, it's much better to wrestle with it and let God work through the wrestling. Because that's where God is. God is in the edge. God is that comfort in the discomfort. God is in the, in the forgiveness through the persecution. God's in all of that.